blessing over Restoration Church. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just wash over every prayer that has been offered up here today. Lord, we pray for comfort. We pray for peace. Lord, we pray for restoration in families. Lord, we pray for healing over those who are sick. Lord, uh, we, we pray for encouragement for those who, who have just a lot going on in their lives right now. And Father, we just pray your blessing over Restoration Church and our morning together. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So for the last few weeks, we've been working our way through Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And uh, at the beginning uh, of each message, we've pulled up somebody different to read Ephesians 6, 20. So I'm going to call up Todd Seitzma, the Elvis of Cobblers in Holland. <laughs> and he is going to read Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 from the NLT. Yes, the NLT, right. the Living Translation. You got me, John? Oh, I think I turned you off. Oh, you did. Yes, thanks. So, folks, uh, I come from a tradition for standing for the holy and sacred work of, uh, word of God when it's read. So, please, if you're able, please stand with me. Be ready from Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, the whole armor of God. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right, the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him, as I should. You may be seated. Thanks. Thank you, Todd. Awesome. So as I said, we're working our way through uh, the armor of the Lord, and today we find ourselves talking about the helmet of salvation. Yes. The helmet. 
of salvation. Sorry, I don't, I don't know how that slipped in there. Can we, can we go to the next picture? There it is, there it is, there it is. Okay. So today we're talking about the helmet of salvation, and uh, we're going to talk about the importance of always making sure that your helmet is on. Right, because I believe that the, the that salvation is the very reason that every single person is sitting in this room. Without salvation, there's no purpose to gather. Without salvation, uh, that there's no purpose to, to go out and tell people about Jesus. Without salvation, none of us has a hope or a future. Without salvation, without your helmet on, you might look like this. <laughs> Young Todd Sykes. Moment. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Am I still on, John? I promise those are the only jabs I'm going to take today. It's all right. It's okay. So this morning we're talking about the helmet of salvation, and uh, I I really look up to Dave, and uh, I try to learn from him a little bit. And when he talked about our feet fitted being uh, feet being fitted with the gospel of peace, he brought a bag of shoes in here, right? And I don't know if you got close to that bag of shoes, but wow. Um, but anyway, so I did not bring a bag of shoes in this morning, but I did bring a bag of helmets. So uh, I brought a bag of helmets today that kind of represent uh, some things from from my life. So. Uh, the first helmet I'm going to pull out here. Yeah, buddy. All right. This is my boy right here. This is my college football helmet. I live at Nazarene University. Uh, this is the, the helmet that I wore the very last time that I played a football game. It's a very special helmet to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's that's my football helmet right there. Provides protection when you're uh, when, when you're going to battle on the, on the gridiron. Uh, so there's there's that helmet right there. Uh, let's see what else we got here. This is a special helmet to me. Does anybody know what this helmet is? It's a fireman's helmet, right? So uh, so anybody anybody wearing this helmet, you would identify them as a fireman, correct? Provides protection. Uh, it's white. So a white fire helmet signifies that you're a chief or a captain, you're a leader, okay? So there, there's significance to the color, there's significance to the badge, there's uh, there's some significance there. That's a special helmet to me right there. Um, here's another helmet. This one might throw a few of you off, but uh, <laughs> this is actually a, does anybody know what this is? Equestrian helmet, there we go, oh man. All right, there's another helmet coming up that I thought that you might be the one Yell out, not that one. But anyway, this is an equestrian helmet. This is a helmet that my daughter would wear when she was riding horses, and uh, she was not allowed to jump up on that horse until she was riding or wearing her helmet, right? So it's a very important helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for that bag. All right. This one, this is more than one I thought Aaron would like, look at. This is a brother, my brother Bill's helmet for like, uh, doing like tactical stuff, right? So when they do, uh, and, and I don't think that he honestly has any need for this, I think he just likes to have a cool looking helmet, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, but uh, again, it's a very solid helmet. This helmet provides safety. 
but it also provides identity, right? Uh, there, there's some identifying badges on there. Uh, there's, there's just some really cool, cool things to this helmet. But the helmet that we're kind of uh, focusing in on today is the helmet of salvation. And Dave said I couldn't wear this while I was talking, so I was going to try to do the whole message wearing this. But today we're, we're, we're going to be talking about the helmet of salvation. And uh, when, when we find uh, Paul writing this scripture, he, he is most likely looking at a Roman soldier who's wearing a helmet like this. And this helmet, just like all the other helmets, this helmet provided safety, but it also provides identity. So as a Roman soldier would put this helmet on, uh, he would know there's a chance of some battle. There's a chance of a, of, of a war that, that I'm going to be stepping out to, into. And, and, and when the public would see the Roman soldiers coming down, they would see a helmet like this, and they, they would be able to identify and say, that, that group of people there, that's an extension of the kingdom. That's an extension of the throne. They represent the emperor, right? And not every Roman helmet had the big red thing on the top. I, I did a little research in it. And the, the red plume on top would represent a leader, right? And just, just like the, the, the fire helmet, there was a, a white helmet. You can identify who the chief or the captain is, who's in leadership by looking to that helmet. Uh, in, in the same way, a, a soldier that had one of these on his helmet uh, was a leader. He, uh, you, you could identify that if you were in battle, you could look and you could see, oh, there's the big red plume. We were going this direction, right? So they knew who they were following. Um, I do have to say, though, after today, this is probably going to get spray painted green. Okay? <laughs> All right, so we'll set that there. Um, but each one of these helmets, each one of these helmets uh, provides safety and identity. The helmet of salvation, as we read into that today, uh, it, it's, it's, it's no different. It provides safety and it provides identity. So let's talk a little bit about identity first. Um, I, I love what Ryan said in the very beginning, right? His quote. Uh, when, when we get up to heaven, nobody's going to say, were you uh, CRC, were you Baptist, were you Catholic? We're not going to be identified that way. We're going to be identified in one way and one way alone. Were you covered by the blood of Jesus? Were you repentant and did you step into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus? That's the identity uh, that, that, that we each uh, need to step into. And, and, and just like uh, Tyler said in the very beginning, right? He was like, we need to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. When we put on the helmet of salvation, uh, just like that Roman soldier's helmet, we literally become an extension of the kingdom of God. We, we, we become representatives. We become warriors for the kingdom of God. 
when we put that helmet on. And, and when people see, because I'll, I'll tell you, they can see when you have your armor on, right? When people see that, they know this person represents Jesus. So what is salvation? Right? Uh, salvation is, is kind of a tricky word. The, uh, the, the Bible says, or I'm sorry, the uh, dictionary says, deliverance from ruin or harm. Okay? It's deliverance from ruin or harm. More specifically, the biblical uh, definition is uh, deliverance from the consequences of our sin. And when we put on the helmet of salvation, the fact that it's the helmet of salvation identifies that it can only be about Jesus. And we are only identifying with Jesus. Acts 4.12 says that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we are saved. In this moment, Peter is addressing a crowd and he has just uh, been healing people and doing it in the name of Jesus. And people are questioning him, who, 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 by, by whose name, by who are you doing this? And, Jesus, er, and, Paul, and Peter says, uh, by the name of Jesus. For salvation is found in no other name. So when we put on the helmet of salvation, we are identifying ourselves as a Christian, and we are saying, my covering comes from Jesus. Hebrews 9.22, it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So why is it all about Jesus? Why does salvation only go back to Jesus? Because Jesus is the only one who went to the cross. He is the only one who took the nails. He took the crown. He, 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 he took the beating. He went to the cross. He is the only one who shed blood provides salvation. And, and, and I know that it's really cool to sit there and, and we often you know, buy t-shirts that have the, the helmet of salvation and it's this tough looking helmet and we, we get things like this and these, these, these warrior looking things when we talk about the armor. But I would submit to you that the helmet of salvation might look a little bit more like that. That crown of thorns that Jesus put on his head, that blood that was shed in that moment right there was for the remission of our sins. And that and that only is where salvation can come from. And as I started to think about the, the, the different pieces of the armor, right? The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, our feet fitted ready with the gospel of peace, the, the, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. I started to think about all the places where Jesus was pierced and bled. His feet were pierced as he was nailed to the cross to bring us peace. His hands were nailed to the cross. But we get to hold up a shield of faith. We get to grab onto a sword. His body was beaten and bruised, but we get to put on a breastplate of righteousness. His side was pierced, but we get to buckle up 
with the belt of truth. And the crown of thorns was shoved into his head uh, as a mockery. But ultimately, it was that moment right there where Jesus provided salvation for every single one of us. So when we put on the armor of God, when we put on that armor of God, it is literally washing the blood of Jesus over each and every one of us. That's where our strength, that's where our power comes from. And I think it's interesting, too, that with the Roman helmet, it's the red plume that signified the leader. Right? It's Jesus shed blood, his blood from, from head to toe that represents our leader. And that's what we put on uh, when we put on our armor. When we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, our identity is found in him. But our safety is also found in him. The helmet of salvation provides safety. Uh, when, when I would put on this helmet before a football game, we would stand in the locker room and we'd look at each other. And the moment that that helmet went on and, and we looked at each other and our coach would say something like, strap them up tight, boys. Right? Because we knew that when you put that helmet on and you strapped up that chin guard and you were about to walk out onto that field, you were ready for battle. You were ready and you knew that there was an enemy out there that was going to be attacking you. And without a helmet, I, we actually had uh, one of the starters on our football team in college at an away game literally forgot his helmet. <laughs> right? You can't step out onto the field without your helmet. Right? And, uh, and you know, it's, I think of like the water boy with uh, <laughs> wearing the kicker's hunter's helmet. But anyway. Um, you can't step out onto the field if you're not wearing your helmet. It's, uh, it's just not going to go well with you. Um, if he, the, the helmet of salvation, the helmet protects your head. Right? This is the area where our thoughts uh, and, uh, you know, uh, direct our lives. We have an enemy uh, that comes to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. He is going to battle against your thoughts on the daily. Okay? He's going to come at you. He is going to continue to lie to you. The Bible says that he is a deceiver. The Bible says that he is the father of lies. The biggest battle that we face when we step out, uh, when we wake up in the morning, is right here between our ears. And every morning, we need to grab our helmet and strap it up because we're going into battle. We need to win the battle for our mind. First uh, Peter five eight says, "Be so, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around." like a roaring lion seeking for somebody to devour. Now I know we're talking about a football helmet, we live in Michigan, and maybe a roaring lion isn't that scary. <laughs> John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the abundance. 
I would submit to you this morning that there are several people in here who are really battling in their mind right now, and they are not having life and having it to the abundance. Right? Uh, many of us have a lot of stuff that is coming against us. Um, when Satan, uh, when Jesus, I'm sorry, when Jesus was led out into the wilderness, Satan came out there to attack him in his thoughts and in his mind. When, when, when Jesus went out into the desert, Satan came and he just twisted scripture just a little bit. Just like he did in the Garden of Eden with, with Eve. And he said, did God really say? One of the biggest battles that we face in our culture today is the devil is continuing to say, did God really say? Did God really say this, that, the other? Uh, there, 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 there's actually uh, churches and denominations and ministries out there right now that are suggesting that the Bible is insufficient to address the morality of today. It's just a, uh, that's just a flat out lie. The, 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 the Bible is, is more uh, it is more relevant today than it's ever been. God is, is the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's the beginning, he's the end. He has seen the end from the beginning. He knows how it all ends. We have nothing to fear. We fight from victory, not for it. So Satan's going to try to attack you in your mind. That, that's why it's so important for us to know the word. We have to know the word. Because when Satan was attacking Jesus in the desert, Jesus simply just responded by correcting him with scripture. There, 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 there was no physical battle. There was no, uh, there, there, there was no you know, calling down lightning from heaven or anything like that. Uh, Jesus simply corrected Satan with scripture. In the same way, when we fight, when we put on our helmet of salvation, we need to correct the lies with the truth. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, not physical weapons. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The only way that we can take every thought captive and turn it over to Jesus is if we know the word. That's the, that's the only way. We have to be in the word. We have to be people who know the word. That's how we do battle. This, the, the enemy is going to come against us with, with all kinds of lies and crazy stuff. You're not good enough. Uh, you know, God's not hearing your prayers. Um, you, you know, uh, the, the sins that you've committed are, are too much, and God can never forgive you for what you've done. Um, or or, or I, I've even heard some people say, don't you think that God is really kind of out of control because of how crazy the world is right now? I can assure you that's a lie from the enemy. And, and just by simply getting into scripture, 
and, and, and discovering the truth, right? If you know me, uh, then, then you've, you've heard Ephesians 2.10 spoken out several, several times. For those of you that don't feel like you're a masterpiece, for those of you that feel like you're uh, not valuable, that you're a piece of junk, right? Ephesians 2.10 says that you are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God established in advance for you to do. I love that scripture. It, it, it fills me up. It encourages me because the enemy attacks my, my, uh, my, my self-image a lot. I feel like I'm a piece of junk. I feel like my failures and everything define me, but my failures don't define me. Those are lies from the enemy, and we need to take those lies, take that thought captive, and turn it over to what's the truth. Now, I'm created in the image of God. I am a child of God. We need to declare scripture over our lives. That's how we win. So, uh, I, I want to uh, bring us to uh, how we can put on the helmet of salvation and how we can help other people put on the helmet of salvation. And if you do have your pens, like these next few verses are the verses that I would love for you to make sure are in your Bible or in your notes. Um, it's called the Romans Road to Salvation. Okay? And, and, and I want Restoration Church to be the type of church that what, no matter who you are, whether you are uh, in middle school or whether you are uh, you know, really, really old, I want you to be able to sit down with somebody at a coffee shop and just say, here's the gospel, here's, here's, the, here's the road to salvation, here's how you get there. And, and one of the things that I have done in my Bible is I've just simply wrote down the very first scripture, Romans 3, 23, in the very beginning of my Bible. So I always know this is where I'm going to start. So I write down Romans 3, 23, and here's what it says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? So when I'm sitting down with somebody in a coffee shop and they're like, well, I'm a sinner and I'm not as good as this person or I'm not as good as that person, I, I flip the, the, the scripture around and I say, look, we've all sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. Every single one of us is on the same page. I don't care how, how great you are, how good you are. Don't believe that lie that you've sinned too much. You haven't. Romans 6.23 is the next one. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? So what I do is, is I start out with Romans 3.23, and when they're reading Romans 3.23, upside down in my Bible, I've written already Romans 6.23. Right? So I know the next scripture we're going to is Romans 6.23. So we flip to Romans 6.23. Now, we, we read that, and at the top of that page is Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All your sin, every sin, every, every failure, every sin, every screw-up has been covered by Jesus, by his blood. That's where our salvation comes from. The next one is Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart 
that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's, that's, that's evangelism right there. That's, that's why we go out. A lot of you have seen uh, our, our trips to Pakistan and different things like that. Um, many of you young people have been on, on, on trips to Africa. Right there is where the rubber meets the road, is that de declaration of who Jesus is in your life. The next one, uh, Romans 10, 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. And then the last one, Romans 8, 12. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news. That's good news. Those scriptures, if you have those written down in your Bible, you will be, have everything that you need to present the gospel clearly to somebody. You don't need to be a deep theologian. You don't need to, uh, you know, to, to be a pastor or an evangelist or anything like that. You just need to be a child of God who is uh, identified by the blood of Jesus Christ with the armor on, and you have the ability to be that extension of the kingdom and to take that word uh, to a lost and dying world. One last thing, maybe two. Oh, here it is. Okay. All right. This is uh, this this is a uh, a little thing written by an African pastor, and 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 I love this. It's called "I Am a Part of the Fellowship of the Unashamed." This is a pastor who understands his identity and his safety come from Christ. And this uh, this is such an encouragement to me to read through this. So I just want to read this through uh, through to you guys in a minute. He says, "I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have." Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My presence make my present. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame divisions worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudity, or popularity. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be first. I don't have to be tops. I don't have to be recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, am uplifted by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, my guide is reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not give up, shut up, let up, until I've stayed up, stored up, and prayed up, paid up, preached up, for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go until he comes, give until I drop, preach all that I know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me because my banner will be clear. Is your banner clear? Can, can the world out there see 
that you identify with Jesus Christ? James 1.12 says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under pressure, because having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised. If we persevere, if we persevere, we will go from a helmet of salvation to a crown of life. That is what the ultimate goal is, is to persevere. And when the Bible talks about persevering, it's talking about a battle. We are in the midst of a battle. Every single one of us in this room, you are in the midst of a battle. But you win this battle by making sure that you have the armor on. Now, uh, Taylor had had a word at the beginning, and uh, Barry had given us a word from the side over there, just about the importance of repentance. The, the, the importance of, uh, of, of not holding on to those lies. So we just want to create some space here at the end uh, just to, uh, to, to enter into the time of prayer again. And, and, if, and if there's something that, that, that's on your heart that, that you need to, to, to repent of, uh, the, you know, the Bible says that there's power in uh, confessing our sins uh, one to another that we might be healed or that we, uh, you know, that, uh, that situations might change. So if the, if the Lord is, is calling you to, to go and have that conversation with somebody or something like that, we want to we wanna create that space. So I'm going to close with a word of prayer. And uh, I think we'll have, uh, we have uh, prayer teams up this way. We can get some people up here to, to pray with people. Um, that would be wonderful. I'm going to close with a word of prayer. We're going to have Tyler and the team come up. We'll finish with Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we pray your blessings upon it. Lord, I pray that as we enter this, this, the rest of this day and we enter into this, this coming week, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit is with us, Lord, that we have our armor on. Lord, that each morning that we wake up, that we would place on us the armor of the Lord. Father, we just pray that we are covered by the blood of Jesus, the one and only who brings salvation. In Jesus' name. Jesus is going to um, heal this boy who's a demon-possessed, and 
his, he's, he's sort of calling on his father of this child to say, like, do you believe me? Do you believe that I can do this? And he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And there's kind of this tension in his heart of he believes in God, but he's still on this road um, to, for that to be expressed fully. And so this morning, um, wherever you are in that journey of sanctification, of just being made more like Christ, um, it's okay to have that unbelief, right? It's okay to come before the Lord and say, I believe in you, but, but help me in that unbelief. Um, there's a powerful just beauty in that as well. Um, so I just encourage you, um, if, you're, if you're able to stand and sing this with us, that's, that's great. If you want to sit and just pray, um, if you want to join our prayer teams while we're singing, um, I encourage you to do whatever is right for you at this point. But um, we just want to end this morning by um, just proclaiming the name of Jesus and saying, um, I believe in God the Father. Um, he is my salvation. So um, just take this time to worship whatever feels um, right for you. If you're able to stand with us, you can do that.
strange and broken, let us in Psalm 121. And it says this, I lift my eyes up to the mountains, for where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. As we leave today, as we have spent time in God's presence, as a body, as, as the body of Christ, my prayer for all of us is that our, our, our heads would be lifted higher. That we would recognize that our identity and who we are comes from Jesus. So Jesus, we thank you for the truth that is found in you. We thank you that we are, are, are righteous, that we are, 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 there's no condemnation for those of us who are found in you. And so may we walk around this week with our heads held up high, knowing that salvation comes from you, God, through your son, Jesus. But we also walk out of here with our heads held up high, filled with purpose, knowing that there is a world that longs to know you, Jesus, that needs to know you. And so I pray for all of us right now that you would be, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we would be empowered to go out and proclaim your words, God, with great boldness. God, that is our desire. May we be like the, the testimony that was shared. May we follow the example of, of Courtney, who just is following you, Jesus. Wherever we go, may our lips be so prepared to declare the hope that we have found in you. And Jesus, oh, what a hope that we have found in you, that we are new creations, the old is gone. But thank you for the life and the hope that we have in you, Jesus. And we pray all this in your name and everyone's side. Amen. As we wrap up today, like I share just every Sunday, the, the service continues. Because there has been just a lot of just words that were shared. And maybe, you know, even the word about repentance. Maybe there's some stuff you're holding in your heart and you just need to confess that to somebody else. Uh, it doesn't mean since our time is wrapped up here that that stops. You can talk with one another and confess your sins to one another. But also you can be used to encourage one another. And so uh, be led by the Holy Spirit as you interact with one another. Talk and um, you know, pick up chairs and, and you can talk and, and do that at the same time. And you can hang out here for a while. Because you don't want to go outside because it's snowing right now. So stay where it's warm. Have another cup of coffee. And we'll see you next Sunday here uh, in the bridge. God bless.